in a world where every diet you know is wrong. Well, not every diet. I mean... Yes, but almost every doesn't sound as good. Yeah, but... Shut up. One man stands alone. Well, not completely. I mean... It's time for Adam Martin, the No Breakfast Guy. And let's talk fast. Fasting, fitness, and fat loss. What's going on, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy. And again, as always, guys, really hope you're having a fantastic week, no matter where you are or what you're doing as you're listening to this podcast. I hope whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it full of happiness, full of joy, and whoever you're doing it with, you're uh, doing it with someone you love and that means something to you. And uh, I'm sitting here currently on a Saturday afternoon at quarter past three outside. It is cold. It is raining. I've just finished a long week at work. Um, as this goes to air on Monday, the 1st of July, I believe it will be. I'm recording this, as I said, on the Saturday, which is the 29th of June. This week has been an incredibly trying week for me. Uh, my daughter has been incredibly unwell. We had a trip to the emergency room on Tuesday morning at about 2 a.m., uh, for uh, a bout of croup that she had and she was struggling to breathe and she was coughing all over the place so we quickly called the emergency uh, team and uh, the paramedics were there quickly and then we got off to the uh, um, hospital. Everything was okay. They gave us some medication which helped her breathe and we were sent home and that was all good but then the next couple of days she basically came down with a cold, got a fever and then on Thursday, Friday we were told she had an ear infection as well so she got an even higher fever and she was just miserable all week and pretty much every night we've been woken up two to three times with her calling out for mummy and daddy to come in and she was sweating and sick and coughing and all those lovely things that you get from having kids. So I'm in a zombie state at the moment, having not had much sleep. I've also found the show Ballers, um, who uh, stars The Rock, or Dwayne Johnson. And after having so many people tell me that this is a great show, and I knew I'd enjoy it because the executive producer is Mark Wahlberg, who also did Entourage, and I loved Entourage. And with The Rock in it, I love The Rock. And with Mark Wahlberg executive producing, I knew I'd love the show, and I always kind of resisted people telling me that this is something I should go and check out because I knew I'd want to watch it. I kind of broke on, I think, Tuesday afternoon, I think it was, when Amelia was having a little afternoon nap uh, after our night out um, at the emergency room, and I started watching it just because I just couldn't be bothered doing any work. I was at home, I was feeling tired, and I thought, I'll just watch an episode, and what's basically happened from there is I've been to watch the first couple of seasons, even though I should have been getting to bed early, knowing that I was going to be woken up late uh, throughout the night. So I'm on no sleep, and I should have been going to bed earlier, and I haven't been paying attention to any of the advice I usually give you guys and people on my social media feeds uh, to make sure sleep is a priority, and especially if you know you're going to be woken up during the night. But um, that all said... I'm in the zombie state at the moment and I haven't um, kind of brought myself to, I guess, record this week's podcast and it's a Saturday afternoon, which is the latest I've ever done the podcast. I normally get these done kind of Monday, Tuesday of the week prior. Sometimes I've got a couple of stored up and I'm a couple ahead, but um, I just haven't had the uh, want nor drive to actually sit down and record this, even though I love doing these and I love speaking to you guys and kind of going in depth with more um, you know, of the topics that you guys are interested in, but um, I just haven't been able to bring myself to it. But um, I forced myself into the gym today. And as I always say, never wait for motivation, take action to drive motivation. Um, I really just wanted to go home today after a really long week. 
Um, but I got inside the gym, I got a workout in, and um, I'm feeling energized and pumped, and I'm ready to be here and do this podcast and be in a good state of mind for you guys to do it, even though in my head I'm extremely tired and want to go to bed. That said, this week's uh, podcast is all about... Um, I guess, let me kind of say that again. There's a couple of questions I get routinely asked and you guys have heard me talk about them and I've heard, I've done them on a podcast before with the number one being what breaks my fast uh, and the kind of other ones kind of revolving around, you know, when should I break my fast and, you know, am I doing it right by having, um, you know, a 12-hour eating window or a 15-hour fasting window or whatever it might be. They're the kind of very uh, most popular questions I get. The next one comes around apple cider vinegar and, again, stop drinking that garbage. It does nothing for fat loss. But the next kind of most uh, requested or kind of asked question I get in the DMs or comments is, Adam, what's better for fat loss, cardiovascular exercise or strength training based exercise? And that's what I want to sit here and talk to you much more about today and go a little bit more in depth with kind of the pros and cons to both sides of the equation and what you should be doing for your situation and kind of making sure that you're getting the best out of your training to match the goals that you are after to give you the result that you're looking for. So at the end of the day, you know it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face and I'm dead and dying on my last breath. The only way to see fat loss is to be in a sustained calorie deficit over a long period of time. Now, when I say long period of time, that is months and years, not days and weeks. Everyone, and I'm included in that conversation, everyone is far too impatient. They want the results tomorrow even though they may have lived a life of 20, 30 years of inactivity and sloth-based type behavior and a complete disregard of the food that they're putting in their mouth, everyone wants that result to happen next week or within two weeks or even within six weeks. You know, they go and buy the latest, you know, shred abs in six weeks or bikini body in eight weeks or whatever it might be, thinking that they can kind of turn themselves around and have a complete overhaul of all of their behaviors, all of their eating habits, all of their exercise habits that they've had none of or very little of for, it could have been two years, 10 years, 15 years, an entire lifetime. So just understand that patience is your absolute key. Being in a sustained calorie deficit with that patience is what is going to help you see fat loss over the long term. However, exercise absolutely plays its role. And in that equation, obviously, calories in versus calories out, the calories out portion is going to be mostly made up of your basal metabolic rate, which is a set number. And people are too, you know, always afraid of kind of, oh, you know, I don't want to see my metabolism, you know, suffer because I'm not eating enough or whatever it is. That is complete false. And Susie from accounting is feeding you that garbage. Your set basal metabolic rate is basically set around a couple of parameters, which are things like your gender, your age, your height and parts of your genetics that kind of make you up. And that you can't really change. You, obviously, your age, you can't change. You're just aging at a, a, a specific rate, as we all are. And unless there's someone out there who is kind of giving us some sort of youth elixir, which has certainly not existed and I can't see it existing anytime soon, you are going to continue to age and so you can't change anything about that. Your height, you can't change it. Your genetics, you pretty much can't change it. I know there's gene therapy and things happening these days, but pretty much to, to a level that we are talking about here, you're not changing your genetics anytime soon. And so your basal metabolic, let's say that again, your basal metabolic rate 
If you are unhappy with it, you can go and uh, yell at your parents. There's nothing you can do about it. If you were blessed by a higher metabolic rate than others and you just find it easier to uh, you know, sustain a calorie deficit because it is set higher, then good for you. Go and give your mum and dad a high five. For the rest of us who are probably struggling and you know, have to kind of battle each day with a, a lower set basal metabolic rate, then just tough titties, that's all it is. Now, the other portion that you can change though is what the kind of total is, your TDEE, or total daily energy expenditure. And this number is a combination of your basal metabolic rate, which you can't change, and NEAT, which is kind of your you know, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which if we're kind of, that's what we're calling it. But it's just a fancy way of basically saying everything that you do in a day that is not kind of intentional based exercise so that fidgeting in your chair as i'm sitting here now doing this podcast i'm very vocal with my hands and so all those europeans out there that you know you see uh, the italian mamas and they wave their hands when they're talking all those kinds of movements or the walking up the stairs to um to work or you know riding your bike to work or whatever it might be all these unintentional based type things that you do each day that see your body move requires energy above and beyond your basal metabolic rate, which is just you lying in bed in a comatose-based state. So that makes up the next big portion of the kind of calories. And that, now, depending on kind of what you read, that can be anywhere because kind of 20 to 30% of your total kind of energy expenditure for the day. Your basal metabolic rate basically makes up most of the uh, calories you expend. Now, the other little bit is your actual exercise that you do. And now, everyone's always kind of trying to, they ask me, Adam, how many calories does this exercise burn? Does this particular type of exercise burn more than this? How many calories will this exercise burn? And all these kind of questions that people worry about when it makes up such a small percentage of your total expenditure, not only to the day, but kind of if you look at over a week and a year base, because most of us aren't exercising every day. If I'm lucky talking to clients and just people in general, people will probably exercise anywhere from two maybe up to four times a week. And if most of us are exercising, let's say an hour at a time, let's just say we take the average of three between two and four. So that means you're doing three hours of exercise in a week that's 168 hours long. Now, as a percentage, that is very, 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 very small. If we expand that out over a year long base, that's three hours every single week. Now, I'm going to get a calculator because I want to do these things. So I've got a calculator in front of me. You've got 168 hours in one day, uh, sorry, in one week. If we times that by 52, that's 8,736 hours in the, week, in the year that there are. Now, if you're going to do three hours a week times 52, that's 152. Uh, what did I say? 8,500. So we're going to go 152 divided by 8,500. You're looking at a a 1.7% of your total hours lived in a year is spent exercising. So it is such a small percentage that you should not worry just based on the mathematics of what calories kind of coming from exercise or what calories you burn in exercise and what's the best exercise to burn calories. And from that number there, and I'm probably off with my mathematics, but if nothing else, even if I'm way off, it's still a very, 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 very small percentage. So you need to stop worrying about that and kind of where it comes from. But for argument's sake, let's just kind of talk about why or kind of why you would choose one exercise over a 
over another and what might best suit you. And let's just get away from the fact of which one is gonna be most effective for fat loss because the fact of the matter is you are just never going to be able to out-train or kind of burn enough calories in your exercise that's gonna outdo even a good diet or a bad diet. So if you can get your food right and make sure that the food you're putting in your mouth, the calories you're putting in your mouth over the long time, over the long term are consistent and having you sit in a calorie deficit if fat loss is your goal, then that is where you're gonna see the massive benefits. And I'm always of the opinion that if you have an, if you have an hour spare in a day and you say, Adam, should I use that hour to go to the gym or should I use that hour at home prepping my lunch for that day or prepping out my meals for the rest of the day or sitting down and writing a meal plan or using that time in some way, shape or form that's gonna make your eating habits better, I would say time and time again, use that time to put in place methods and practices that are gonna make your eating habits better rather than going to the gym. Now, you're not gonna do this for the whole, your whole life. Obviously, exercise is very important for our health and our well-being and mental health and physical health and all those kinds of things. But if fat loss is your goal, it's being overweight and being obese is gonna be something that's gonna kill you much quicker than kind of pretty much everything else that you can potentially uh, have going on in your life. So I say get your weight under control, spend that time in putting it towards efforts that are gonna help you with your eating habits, be that meal planning, be that sitting down and tracking your calories, be that whatever it may around food, and forget exercise for now. Now, in time when exercise has, uh, sorry, when food and planning for food and tracking your calories and you got a very, a much better understanding of your food, then you can start diverting some of that time towards exercise and making your physical health and mental health something that's a higher priority rather than just your kind of your waistline and your uh, numbers on the scale. So let's just say, ex uh, sorry, your nutrition is now down to a pat. If you're listening to this now 13 minutes and 45 seconds in, and you've now got, you've listened to that first part and you're going, okay, I'm not going to listen to the rest of this podcast because it means nothing to me because I have to go and get my calories and my nutrition in place. I want you to hit pause on this podcast and go for the next one month, two months, six months, whatever it takes to get your nutrition in place. Once you've done that, come back to now 14 minutes in this podcast and listen to the rest of this podcast because this podcast is only for those people who have dialed in their nutrition. Do not listen to this podcast if you have not gotten your nutrition in place because what I'm going to talk to you now is not going to make even a bee's dick difference in kind of what you're going to get out of kind of a fat loss result with regards to what exercise should I choose. So for the, the kind of the bunch of you that are now disappeared, you're not obviously listening to this, but the ones that are kind of now stuck behind or those who have now come back in a couple of months time, let's talk about which exercise is best for you. And I could end this conversation right here and right now and say, do the exercise that you enjoy the most, do it as often as you can for that moment and point in time in your life. Obviously, things are gonna change. There's gonna be times now, come towards the end of the year where my new daughter is going to be born, we're gonna have our second child. I understand that my exercise and my ability to exercise is gonna become less in that time. So at that point in time, my exercise might be two or three times a week. At this moment, it is four to five times a week. Sometimes it's seven times a week. So you just gotta kind of do what best suits you, what you enjoy most at that particular point in time. Now, if you are someone who loves cardiovascular-based 
exercise, you're a runner, you like getting outdoors and hiking, you love riding your bike, whatever it might be, you like getting outside and enjoying those you know, cardiovascular-based exercises. Absolutely continue to do them, but if you can, try and add in one, maybe two full-body at-home base type circuits that you can do that can just give you some sort of uh, you know weight training or kind of resistance training uh, type exercise into your life. Now, if you're running, you know make that a mixture of you know longer runs, be that uh, interval runs, maybe some hill based runs, maybe get out to the great outdoors and go to you know a, a hill or a mountain range or. Um, a track and get off the beaten track, maybe go down to the beach and do some running along the beach. Don't always make it just pounding the pavement you know, for five kilometers at every single thing. Change it all up. Don't just do the same thing every single day and you, know, you do that two or three times a week and that's all you do. You just hit repeat and you just do the same thing. Change it up. Do all these different kinds of things. One, because it'll kind of make you less prone to injury. You know, The amount of times I see runners come to my clinic here and I ask them kind of what's their history, what are what are they been doing? And they just sit and they say, Oh Adam, I've run for the last twenty five years, three times a week. I do a five K run, I do a ten K run and then I do a long, slow hour and a half run on the weekend. Or it might just be three five K runs and I say, Okay, Bob, well where do you tend to do that run? Oh well you know, I run along the beachfront or I run around the the park or whatever it might be and it's usually a concrete based um, kind of run and so it's just that pounding day in day out and you know most of us don't have and I'm included in that I'm certainly better these days after seeing a running coach and getting my running much more efficient but most of us don't have a very good running style we're quite heavy on our feet um, and that's going to predispose our hips and our knees to uh, issues later down the line or kind of repeated use so absolutely get out there and just completely change it up um, as often as you can. Now, again, this week you might be doing three runs on the track. That's fine. But then you know, next week you might get uh, an hour spare that you might be able to drive yourself out to the ranges or um, a hiking track somewhere you can run through the hills out there. But try and change it up as much as you can. And if you're on a non-weight-bearing type cardiovascular type training, it might be on a bike or you might be swimming or whatever it might be, by all means, those things being far less impactful on the body, you can do more of them and you can be more repetitive on them. But again, just try and change it up. Um, I know you might love your cycling and obviously uh, Melbourne culture here, I don't know where it might, what it is uh, around where you might be listening to this, but Melbourne culture, it is just, it's huge here, um, bike riding and the kind of, what do they call them, mammals, men in Lycra or middle-aged men in Lycra or something like that, whatever the acronym is. But you can always see uh, on a Sunday morning um, the slightly overweight gentlemen um, and men sitting at a cafe drinking a coffee somewhere saying they're going out for a ride and really they're just kind of rolling their legs over. Now, it's great. They're getting outside. They're doing something. I love that. But, you know, change things up. Don't always just go for this long, slow bike ride. Again, maybe find a velodrome where you can maybe go around and do some sprint intervals. Maybe... You want to look to find, um, you know, an, a closed track where you can do some, um, you know, some interval type speed work, whatever it might be. Uh, just try and do um, as best as you can to change that up, and um, yeah, just try and do as much as you can and varied as you can, and don't always stick to the the same thing you've always um, done with regards to cardiovascular training. And if you're someone who loves cardiovascular training, obviously this is going to be music to your ears to say, "Yep, cool, I can keep doing it." But to those who don't do cardiovascular training, why might you start doing it? And why would you ever think about doing it if you just, you're a gym junkie and you love hitting the gym? 
is that cardiovascular training absolutely has huge benefits for your cardiovascular fitness. And I think health, uh, sorry, I should say heart fitness is something that you should absolutely be you know, in the back of your mind and kind of have as part of your um, repertoire of things you do. And you should look at it as like a, a share portfolio in that you don't but dump all of your money into mining stocks only, or don't just dump it all into cash or gold. You, you diversify your um your portfolio to ensure that you're getting you know the benefits from all of the different sectors and if one kind of um, falls off that the other ones might be kind of going up and so you're always getting a benefit from it and this is, should be the same with regards to any style of training in that you might be a gym junkie and you love going to the gym but then you have something you know you might tear a muscle or something like that that then doesn't allow you you're not going to sit there and just go well I just can't train now because all I like to do is go to the gym and the you know, surgeons or the physio or the doctor has told me I can't go to the gym anymore. If you are someone who's been doing some cycling and you've torn a bicep muscle, you can still go cycling on that. And so you're still allowing that. And so if you're a gym junkie, why might you add in some cardiovascular training? And as I said, it might be some simple running. It might be uh, maybe going to a spin class. It might be doing something um, along the lines of that or dabbling in maybe a first triathlon, whatever it might be. Understand that the the physical um, benefits that you're going to get from that just uh, with regards to your heart health are just far more numerous than you can ever really get from strength training. Again, it's not to say that you can't get some benefits to heart health uh, and your cardiovascular fitness in strength training, but they're going to be far greater when you're doing some cardiovascular training. So absolutely try and add in some cardiovascular training if you are a gym junkie. But as I said, to all of those cardio lovers out there, absolutely keep doing it. It is great for you. And you know, to anyone who uh, loves running like I do, I almost find it as a meditation to me. It's my downtime. I really enjoy just spacing out and enjoying my runs. At the moment, I'm uh, deep into my training for a half marathon, which is next weekend, the race. And so my tra- my running isn't quite just meditative at the moment. It bloody hurts, and um, I'm really pushing myself to... Uh, get a PB time next week at the race. But um, normally, um, when I'm just kind of out there enjoying my runs, I really do enjoy that. And I think gym-based training certainly can be enjoyable, but you, you don't, and this just is my personal opinion and kind of my experience in that you don't get that kind of meditative type, just relaxation from going to the gym and pumping iron, lifting weights and you know throwing some uh, weights around. Whereas you can get that from cardiovascular training, whether it's a swim as well. Swim can be, you know, you're in your own space. It's very quiet underwater and just kind of getting into that rhythm of breathing in, blowing out, breathing and blowing out. It can be quite meditative in all forms of cardiovascular training, I've always found anyway. So that's why you would go towards cardiovascular training. And when it comes to strength training, there is nothing better than lifting heavy weights and the empowerment and confidence you get from getting stronger over time and I have this fight with almost every single female client that comes across uh, my website and inquires about my online coaching or comes to my gym and looks to start training with me always have that fight with most females and I know my audience is mostly female so I'm speaking to most of you out there in and I've spoken about this on previous podcasts and why you should start strength training but the fight I always have is people or females especially worrying about the fact that they're going to just get muscular and big and put on muscles and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and if you have to go back to one of my previous podcasts where I've spoken uh, why that's just not going to happen then absolutely do that 
But just know, if you're listening here and you haven't heard my other podcast, that's just not going to happen. You don't have the genetic makeup for it. You're not training enough for it anyway. You're probably not taking, or you are not taking any drugs. You're not coming to this side if uh, you're taking drugs because I'm certainly not advocating it. And so all of those kind of factors, putting it in place, you're never going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're never going to stack on a bucket load of uh, muscle and you're never going to look muscly. But what I always find post having a female start a training regime that includes weight training where we aim to get you stronger, lift more weights and get into the gym more often is I always, sometimes it takes six weeks, sometimes it takes six months, sometimes it takes over a year, but every single female client I've had that can start weight training on a consistent basis and get stronger from that weight training always comes back to me and says two things, Adam, my ass looks fantastic and my partner, my husband, whoever it might be, my significant other loves how my body is now looking. And two, I've never felt more confident, I've never felt stronger and I feel empowered and I love the gym. Now, if, you're, if you want those good feelings, then get into the gym now and start lifting some weight. You don't have to get fancy about it. Again, go back to the podcast I did one or two weeks ago where I uh, talked about how to start your weight training journey. There's four basic exercises that you need to start with. That's learn how to do a deadlift, learn how to do a squat, learn how to do a bench press, and learn how to do the chin-ups. The chin-ups? Learn how to do chin-ups. If you can do those four exercises, do them three sets, 10 reps, and just do those four exercises three times a week, you will start getting stronger. You will start increasing your lean muscle mass and start shaping your body along with obviously your calories and your nutrients, uh, nutrition, but we've already talked about you're only listening to this at the moment if you've got all of that in place. If you combine those four exercises, three sets, 10 reps, three times a week, if you can do four or five times a week, even better, but a minimum of three times a week, you will absolutely find the benefits that come with strength training and pushing yourself forward to lift heavier as you move forward. So if you can do three sets of 10 of your deadlifts, and at that particular weight, if you can do three sets of 10 and you do that for maybe two or three weeks in a row, time to move up the weight. Don't get stuck like so many people in the gym do do by doing the same weight week in, week out and doing the same program week in, week out. I've got no problems with you doing the same workout week in, week out. Now, I would get find that incredibly boring, but some people just love that repetition. They come in, they know what the exercise they're doing and they can go home without even thinking about it. But what you have to do is start keep making sure that you are pushing those weights forward to keep driving your progress forwards. If you are still doing the same weights on an exercise, I'd say six weeks uh, in a row, then you're probably finding very little benefit from doing that exercise anymore. And so it's time to start pushing that weight up and progressing yourself forward. So they're the four exercises that you want to start with, but if you want to go into a little bit more detail, starting to add some accessory exercises, think of accessory exercises like the side dishes at a, a restaurant. Your main meal, you love the steak. That's what you like. You, you, know, you go to your local pub, you love the steak, but you sometimes might get the chips as a side. Sometimes you might get the salad as a side. Sometimes you might get the garlic bread as a side. Those sides are kind of the things that change things up from time to time, and they depend on your mood when you're eating. But when it comes to your training, it depends on what area of muscles that you're trying to maybe work on more so. And so if Again, this is general um, kind of advice, but for most females, they'll sit there and say, Adam, I want better legs, I want to shape my ass, and I hate my thighs. 
Now, obviously you can't reduce fat in those areas, but you absolutely can increase your lean muscle in that. And when that's combined with a calorie deficit and you start to see some fat loss coming, you can absolutely start to get a more shapely set of legs, a more shapely bum. And for men, if it, it, men are always shoulders, chest, and arms, so start doing those accessory exercises from there, and we'll talk about them in a second, you can absolutely start shaping your body how you like. So if you are coming and you want to start doing more legs, you would do the deadlift, the squat, the chin-ups, and the bench press, and then you might add in some accessory leg exercises like a set of lunges, like a set of step-ups, like uh, a set of leg extension, like a leg press, like a hip thrust. There's, these are all kind of accessory exercises that you could add in. You could add in all of them. You could add in one of them. You could add in four of them. Whatever it might be, add them as accessory exercise. Now, for you guys or for you girls looking at trying to get more shapely through your upper body, you might do some shoulder press. You might do some seated row. You might do some chest flies. You might do some push-ups. You might do some bicep curls. might do a one-arm row. Whatever, again, that it is you're looking to, start just doing some accessory exercises that focus on that particular area. You don't, again, you don't have to get fancy. Have three sets of them, 10 reps and have them on repeat and make sure that whenever you do them, track obviously your um, weights and what you used last time. And so if you've done a couple of weeks in a row at three sets of 10 at a certain amount of weight, put that weight up and make sure that you're always pushing it forward. And if you can take this approach into your weight training, you will absolutely start progressing forwards. You will increase your lean muscle mass. You will have a more shapely body combined when it's with combined with uh, nutrition. But the big benefit to weight training and while I suggested that all cardiovascular uh, kind of favored people add in a, um, you know, an at-home body weight program. Now, an at-home body weight program, I would start um, by doing some sort of squat. So the thing that you get issues with regards to body weight training is you can't obviously progress that any further. And because you're probably losing weight, you're actually doing less weight, if that makes sense moving forward. You're not progressively adding weight to it. So you want to start doing some plyometric stuff. And so doing squat jumps rather than squats is obviously going to help you out there. Instead of a deadlift, because you're not obviously going to have any weights to do a deadlift, you could do lunges, uh, you could do step-ups, and again, do them as jumping versions as you um, progress forward. Now, for your upper body, you could do uh, push-ups, you can do tricep dips, you can do um, pike push-ups for the shoulders, you could do uh, bodyweight rows, so, you know, find a bar in a park, or if you've got a, uh, a TRX, you could do some pull-ups from there, and that's going to get those upper body exercises uh, that are different to your bench press and your chin-up, but are doing the same um, thing. So start by those, but um, as I said, why I um, absolutely say that people should have and must have, uh, in fact, some sort of weight training in their life is the fact that you are at least maintaining, but hopefully over time you're increasing your lean muscle mass. And I saw a really good YouTube video a little while ago, um, or actually it was years ago, uh, and it was kind of what introduced me to this particular guy, Mike Vacanti. I've, reco I've recorded a podcast with him on a previous podcast I did, and I'd love to get him back on the show sometime, or maybe I'll just repost his uh, podcast to this podcast here as just a special um, kind of throwback uh, one that I did. But he did a YouTube video that now has hundreds of thousands, it might even be millions of views, But uh, and it was kind of why fitness really matters. I think that's what it was called. But basically, he kind of went into detail of why fitness really matters and why you should be doing you know 
stuff in the gym and why you should make sure that you know fitness is uh, you know the top of your priority throughout your life is it's not because you want to try and get in a bikini competition. It's not because you want to be a bodybuilder. It's not because you're trying to build six-pack abs to take that photo for Instagram on you know, Carbo Beach uh, to show off to all your friends. The reason why fitness should be a part of your life is your ability to sit and stand off a toilet and get out of bed. Now, why is that important? The number one reason why people lose independence in their life later on in life is because they now no longer have the ability to stand up on their own. As soon as you cannot stand up out of bed or stand up off the, the toilet, your life turns to shit. It goes downhill, downhill really quickly. You're going to be in a nursing home, if not already, very quickly. And there is nothing on this planet that kills more people than nursery homes. They have a 100% death rate. And I know that's a joke and kind of by me saying that you kind of, oh yeah, funny, funny, but it's true. No one has ever gotten out, no one has ever left a nursing home alive. And if you can stay out of them as long as you possibly can, you are going to live a more happy and healthy life and you're going to be around much longer and you're going to be much happier. And so make sure your ability to stand up and sit down on your own accord last with you as long as you can. And the reason why that's going to be able to happen is because you are strong and you have a good lean muscle mass base to support. You can build that through your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. It's going to probably start dropping off you know, into your 50s and 60s and 70s, but you absolutely can still be going to the gym or you could still be doing some home-based exercises into your 60s and 70s and 80s. I have clients who are in their 90s who still come to the gym a couple of times a week. Many of them live on their own still, they get here on their own and they still have that ability to sit and stand and our program basically revolves around them keeping that ability to sit and stand on their own accord. And so this is why fitness really matters and this is why you should be strength training. And while you know you might be in your 20s, 30s and 40s and listening to this podcast now and you're all about, I just want to look good, I want to look sexy and I want to feel you know, strong and empowered, that's awesome and you absolutely should use that as part of your uh, you know, driving factor of why you kind of get in the gym and why you get up each day to make sure that you're living the healthiest life you possibly can. And you know, nothing feels better than kind of getting up and staring at yourself in the mirror and going, damn, I look good and really feeling confident about that and kind of being confident in your own skin and feeling, um, you know, sexy and feeling like, you know, you really like the way you look. I think there's nothing more empowering than kind of owning that and really kind of um, you know having that body that you want to be um, in. But the number one thing that you're going to thank me for in maybe 40 years' time, and so if I get a DM off you and you're currently 34 years of age right now and you start taking this advice, advice and if Instagram is still around or some way that you can contact me in 40 years' time and I get a DM from you in 40 years' time saying, Adam, I listened to that podcast back in 2019 on the 1st of July and you told me that I should start weight training and getting into the gym and getting strong and lifting weights because it'll help me later on in life and I did that and I'm now 74 years of age and I'm still living on you know I'm still living on my own accord. I feel strong, I'm athletic, I'm playing with my uh, kids, I'm playing with my grandkids I should say. Maybe you're, you're even older and you're in your 80s and 90s. You've got great grandkids that you can still walk around and play with and enjoy life. I can guarantee you that is going to bring you so much more joy than the fact that you were able to get a six-pack abs and show that on Instagram. And so if you take nothing else away from this podcast today, get inside the gym and start lifting some weights and start getting stronger. 
not because it's going to be effective for fat loss, not because you can get a six-pack set of abs, and not because you can show off. Um, and it's funny because I just went and posted a, a six-pack abs shot of uh, how happy I'm feeling at the moment with regards to my body on my Instagram story as I am recording this. But honestly, it will change your life feeling stronger. It'll make life that much easier. Just daily activities like walking up a flight of stairs, carrying shopping in from home. If you've got young kids, picking them up and carrying them around for 10, 20 minutes. Everyone everyone who's a parent will know just how difficult that can get. Um, but if that becomes easier, these are the kind of intangible things that I can't I can't say to you that that's, you know, you, you can sit there and hear me say this, but until you actually live it, you, you can't really fully comprehend how it is. And I get emails back and comments back from my clients and just random people who have taken my advice around strength training all the time. And they all tell me just how much better they feel, more empowered, more confident, and just how much easier life has become because they've started strength training. So if you're listening to this from the other side as a cardiovascular lover, please, Absolutely keep enjoying your cardiovascular training. It's great for your health. It's gr- You're going to find so many benefits from it, but you will also find huge benefits from adding some strength training in your life. And so please do it. And so as we now kind of enter the 37-minute mark uh, of this particular podcast, uh, the key messages I want you to take away from this is that do not worry about the calories that any kind of training, regardless of whether that's cardiovascular strength training, has on your fat or your ability to burn fat or your fat loss journey, go back to those first 14 minutes where I spoke about spending the time now to make sure that your nutrition is on point and that you are spending the time wisely to put your efforts towards making nutrition a priority in your life, that you're eating the right amount of calories and that you're dialing that part of your life in. And know that if you can do that, regardless of exercise, you will see some fat loss results come your way over time, it's going to be months and years, not days and weeks. Now, once you have that down pat, choose what you enjoy most. Now, if that is running, go and do running most of the time, but include some strength training. If you love the gym and you're a gym junkie, then absolutely go and do gym training most of the time, but try and add in some cardiovascular training as well on top of that. That's my advice. I know it's taken me 37 plus minutes to kind of get to what works best. None of them works best, guys. The best thing that's going to work for you is the one that you're going to do most often and that you enjoy. And I know there's going to be some people listening to this, and I do get this all the time, and people say, Adam, I just hate exercise. I don't like it. don't like it at all. One, I say grow up and stop being a five-year-old and kind of throwing your hands on your hip and saying, I don't like this. I don't want to do it. You're an adult now, you've got responsibilities and the responsibilities go well beyond you. Even if you're a single person right now, you've got family members that actually care for you and if you've got kids, you want them to kind of see you grow up and grow old and be able to you know, enjoy time with them rather than being on the couch and have an inability to kind of play with them. Start doing some exercise. I don't care what it is, if that's just walking, if that's yoga, if that's meditation, if that's riding a bike, if that's going to the gym, if that's a swim, uh, sorry, a deep water running class, whether that's a a Pilates class, whether that's a pump class, I don't care what it is, start doing something and I can guarantee you there's going to be something out there that you enjoy more than the things that you hate. So it might be a sport, like you might want to take up tennis for the first time in your life because you've always, you know, as a kid, you always love just hitting a, a ball against the wall. Well, maybe go and join a tennis league and start, you know, that's a form of exercise that you start doing. The roll-on effect by just starting to do something 
I can guarantee you in, in a few months' time when it starts becoming much more you know, part of your life and a habitual thing that you do, you will find that you enjoy exercise more once you're doing it more and once you become better at it. Just remember the last time you did something that you sucked at. Now, for me, I tried to start learning French when I was going to start heading over to live in France. I hated doing it because I was terrible at it and so I just I didn't stick to it. Now, when I was living in France, I got better at hearing French, and so I got into learning French on that. I just had that Duolingo app. It became just second nature for me to want to open that and learn more and do more and kind of learn different phrases and things like that. Because I got better at it and because I felt more confident with it, I felt like I wanted to do it more. It's exactly the same with any skill that you are really sucky at now that you hate. Guaranteed, if you get better at it and you force yourself and take action to make sure you're doing more of it, as you get better, as you become more confident with it, you'll want to do it more and you'll actually enjoy it more. So just start doing something today and who knows what that roll-on effect might be in a couple of months' time, in a year's time, in five years' time, whatever it might be, you will like it more and I can guarantee you that you will live a richer and better life for it. And I guess that wraps it all up. So what I thought was going to be a really short podcast has turned into my kind of usual length podcast. And so I really hope that's been a benefit, guys. And I'm super passionate. Obviously, I'm an exercise physiologist and I'm biased in the fact that everyone should be doing exercise. But there's not a single piece of research out there that doesn't suggest that exercise is an important part of your life. I haven't found one yet that says, hmm, exercise is detrimental to your life. It's going to make you live a shorter life. It's going to melt uh, muscle off you, <laughs> all these kind of opposite things that you know you hear um, fitness people talk about the benefits of, there's not a single piece of research out there that shows that it's detrimental to you in any way, shape or form. So start exercising, start now. And I've got a great quote that um, I've got a, in a presentation coming up soon that I'm doing for a corporate gig. Um, and I can't remember where I heard it, but um, actually it was off a client of mine, Nigel. So if Nigel's listening to this, actually we did a podcast with him a little while ago with regards to he he was the client I had that had the aortic valve replacement. I think that's a fantastic podcast. Obviously I'm biased, it's my podcast. But um, he gave me a quote not long ago that he's helped me put into this presentation that the best time to start was 20 years ago, but the next best time to start is right now. So... Um, yeah, so if you, sorry, I just had a client come past and I completely lost my train of thought. So let me just repeat that again. The best time to start was 20 years ago. The second best time to start is right now. I hear so many people saying, well, I'm in my 40s and 50s and so it's probably too late for me, so what's the point? Absolutely, you would have been better off if you started in your 20s and 30s, just like a 30-year-old would have been better off starting in their teens. But there is never a better time than right now if you're sitting there in this place and you haven't been exercising for 20 or 30 years, whatever it might be. So start investing into your health now, no matter what age you are, and it will benefit you, and you will certainly see a benefit lifelong. And look, as modern medicine is getting better and better, we're living longer and longer lives. And so I don't have many people, if any, in the demographic that are listening to my podcast or my Instagram or uh, watching my stuff on Instagram that are in their 80s. But I know I've got plenty of people in their 40s and 50s as a part of my demographic. And so if you're in your 50s now and you've never done a day of exercise in your life, you've probably, as we sit now, got 40 years left of your life. With the way medicine is moving forward, even if you're in your 50s, you're probably going to live into your 90s with, without a problem whatsoever. You're probably going to live even beyond that. 
unless a train uh, a train runs you over, unless a car runs you over by accident tomorrow, you're probably going to live in your 90s if you're living out age, um, old age. And so you've still got 40 years to make a difference to your health and well-being. And I can tell you what, you can do a lot in 40 years. And so just start by doing something. Stop worrying about how many calories are burnt in an exercise, be that cardiovascular strength training and what is better. There is no better. The best form of exercise is the one that you're going to do. And so start doing it today. Stop whining like a little bitch and baby and saying that you don't like exercise. Just do something. Don't wait until tomorrow. Start today. If you're listening to this podcast and you're listening, because I normally release this at 5 a.m. on a Monday morning, if this is when you're listening to it and you're in bed or you're on your way to work or whatever it might be, Make sure you go to the gym tonight or you go for a run tonight or if it's still early and you've got time to go before work, go for a run now, go and hit the gym now, don't wait until tomorrow, stop giving me excuses why you can't do it now, start now, it'll help you out immensely and please, 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 I want to get a DM from you in two years, 20 years, 50 years time from now and saying, Adam, I took your advice, I started and it has changed my life, I now feel stronger, more empowered, more confident. I love the way I look. I love the way I feel. And all of those kind of positive things that you know, you know these things will happen if you just kind of commit to the process and stop kind of thinking, saying, well, that's for other people. It's not for me. I'm not going to see any benefit by doing that. So what's the point in even starting? And so I really hope this has kind of been of value to you guys. And as always, you know my sales pitch at the end here snap a screenshot, show me your love on your Instagram page or just flick it to me saying that you're, you're listening to my podcast and you know you found it of value and maybe list one or two things or nothing else, just send me the uh, picture of you listening to the podcast and tell me that you enjoyed the podcast because I love knowing that you guys are uh, finding value from what I'm talking about and finding value from uh, my content. But um, I also get a little kick out of the fact that um, people are even listening to the fact of what I've got to say. And so again, guys, I really hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, this has been another episode of the Let's Talk Fast. Oh, I can never get that. The Let's Talk Fast podcast. Um, I've got a couple of days left here at work. Obviously, it's Saturday now. What I mean by that comment is on Thursday this week, um, which will be the 4th of July. Second, Yeah, the 4th of July, I'm heading up to the Gold Coast um, to run in the half marathon up at the Gold Coast on Sunday, the 7th of July, I think it is. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to be in the Gold Coast um, and you're running that half marathon or the marathon or any part of that running program up there, flick me a DM or flick me an email. You know, my contact details are down below. So I'd love to hear from you. And let's catch up. Let's go for a run before the run or let's go out for dinner. I'd love to get a group of people together. I know there's already a couple of people and we're already having a dinner probably on the Friday night if we can. If you're staying longer, I'd love to do it on the Sunday afternoon after the run to you know get everyone together and talk about kind of what uh, the run has meant to them, how they went and all those kind of things. So I'd love to kind of share that with everyone. But send me a DM. Let's, uh, let's have a chat and let's kind of uh, get together and kind of make a no breakfast club based kind of dinner or kind of get together. I think that'd be fantastic. And I'd love to kind of meet any one of you guys um, and girls out there. So again, guys, hope you have a fantastic week wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Do it with love, do it with passion, and do it with the people that you love the most. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in yet again. I'll see you next week on the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm out. I'm heading home. Ciao.